race car spelled backwards is still race car. Welcome to the race car spelled backwards podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Brad, and with me, as always, is Jamie. We are live from the Darn Barn studio back from Texas. We are in Atlanta recording together again post-Bristol Dirt Race. What did you think, Jamie? I didn't want to like it, but I liked it. I, I don't believe we ought to do a dirt race at Bristol, unless we do a third race at Bristol, but I enjoyed it. I really did, especially after Richmond and Martinsville. Yeah, when you throw those two races out there, definitely I loved it. <laughs> but I, that being said, I thought it was a good race. Like I, I think I'm right there with you. I don't want to like it whatsoever. I want Bristol to be beating and banging asphalt racing Saturday night, fastest half mile. You know, I post race fight. That's yeah, always good. I want I want your typical Bristol. You know. But with dirt on it, it's it's just a whole new discipline, you know. It's nothing like I'm used to. It's not what I expect when I go to Bristol or watch Bristol. And I will say this: I, I give major props to NASCAR for getting the whole race in yesterday. I saw the radar that Bob Pockers was posting on Twitter, and Based on the amount of green on that radar, we should have never seen that race, but NASCAR let it go and figured it out, and I really enjoyed the 25 minutes of trap prep needed after a rainstorm. I mean, it, it beats the heck out of an hour with jet dryers out there. They run a bunch of old Tauruses around the track backwards. <laughs> 25 minutes later, we're ready to go. Well, you know, I mean... That track looked like slop after each little rainstorm and the two red flags. They sure cleaned it up and made it raceable. I thought the racing was better after the rain. I mean, it added moisture back into the track. And I think I remember last year one of the complaints that I heard a lot of people, whether it was driver or fans or broadcasters or, you know, whatever, was the track got too dry and it got really dusty by the end of the race. And you could see the rubber built up in the track because it was so dry. Yesterday, with those two little rain showers that came through, it was kind of, it re-wet the track, got the moisture back in it, and it added for a different style of racing. After the end of stage two, we go back racing, and it's completely different than the first two stages. So I enjoyed this final stage. What'd you think of Ty Gibbs backing, I mean, I mean Kyle Busch backing into a win? What a hack. <laughs> he's he's a butthole i don't know man it's i mean i don't think he had the car to get up there with with him he just didn't but i think he accepted that the last few laps and just waited for a mistake to happen and it did i don't feel like he um thought he even won it i mean it was I don't feel like like it just never sank in with me that he won because he really did luck out. I mean, Tyler Reddick almost screwed up and won it after all the crap that happened. He only had, he was only short three feet yeah. after he 
cranked her back up. He should have, in my opinion, he should have, and I think his spotter sucked, but he should have pulled in front of Kirk Bush, make him rear-end him, or dive down to get around. That's my opinion. And he would have won. Yeah, I mean, it. he had every shot. But I was listening to, like, NASCAR radio, and they were, you know, showing snippets of his in-car radio, and I don't remember his spotter ever going, here he comes, go, go, go. Nothing like that, so. Maybe he didn't have a spotter. Or maybe his spotter just didn't catch it. I mean, it's, in that moment, you're, I mean, I was I was pissed. Kyle was way back there, man. He was three I, seconds back. I, yeah, I mean, he, all you got to do is get your ass in in front of him, block him, and let him hit you. You win. But those two guys drove the heck out of their car at the end of that race. And Ben Rhodes, truck winner. You know, I, let's not forget him before we get into our discussion. No, ben Rhodes tore it up. He drove the heck out of that truck, man. Like, he was on that top side, and I thought he was going to wreck every corner. Even at the very end of the race when he, Carson Hosterbo was there, I was like, Rhodes, if he's not careful, he's going to spin out by himself. He was that far on the edge of out of control at the end. And, heck, it was fun to watch. I, mean, I thought the truck race was... They didn't beat and bang as much as usual, but the fact that Rhodes drove around on the outside like he did and just hung it out every lap there, those last 10, 15 laps, was pretty amazing to me. That's massive car control. Wow, he looked like an old-school dirt track driver, man. I don't even know what his dirt experience is other than Bristol dirt. So he's definitely got a, some talent, that's for dang sure. I loved it when, uh, did you see my man Guido get hooked up and stuck on somebody? I mean, Matt, his middle name is Guido, so I'm not, like, being a butthole. Matthew Guido Dinabetto. Yeah, Guido Guido just... Guido He married that car, man. They had to have a caution to separate them. Well, he got into Austin Wayne self. You know, that that's the 22 car, so we... Ex- I mean, we expect him to wreck at least once a race. So, he got into Austin Wayne, and because that's they usually race around each other on a daily or a weekly basis, Austin Wayne went right back into Maddie, and then I was like, dang, he is going to push that car all the way through the corner. And then I was like, he's going to keep pushing him down the back straight yeah. away and into the next corners. I was like, holy crap, what's wrong with these guys? I, I was like, this dude is mad. I mean, I've seen drivers get pissed, but Austin Wayne himself is really pissed because he is hooked up and taking it to the house. And then they ended up just stopping. I was dying laughing. I've, I've never seen two cars get stuck together like that. It looked like a piece of sheet metal from the rear end got jammed up into the hood. I don't know. It, they were together, that's for sure. They became one. It is 100% a shit show. I wonder if that's against Guido's belief system. Getting your rear end stuck to somebody else's yeah, face? Yeah, I mean, that was... <laughs> Bristol, what do you think? Dirt racing at Bristol. Do you like it, dislike it? I mean, overall? I mean, it's like... It's, it's like every time there's a freaking bad movie on TNT where you just stop and watch. I mean... You enjoy it? 
but it's kind of a guilty pleasure. And to be honest with you, I don't like giving up one of the Bristol races for dirt. I Let's have three races there. That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's Why do we have to give up probably one of our best short track races of the year for a dirt race? Like You've got Texas, who we'll see how Texas does with the next-gen car, but... Kansas kind of sucks. I mean, throw dirt on Kansas. <laughs> we don't even throw dirt on it. Just race somewhere else. Or race, like you said, give Bristol three races. I'm okay with that. Heck, after what we saw at Richmond and Martinsville, let's throw dirt on one of those two tracks. I mean... Maybe I'm we throw dirt on somebody different every year. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I can't remember a bad race at Bristol. I'm sure that someone can. They can recall, oh, we had no cautions and the leader was three laps ahead. But I can't recall of a race like that at Bristol. But the entertainment value of dirt at Bristol... I loved watching it. I just, both, the truck, shit, excuse me. But they need to have Xfinity there, too. They need to have all three. I don't understand why they didn't. Like, I think maybe it was a cost thing because it's you have a truck that's only for dirt and then you have a car, a next-gen car that's only for dirt. I'm sure with this next-gen car, they'll repurpose it and make it an asphalt car, but the truck... You'll never get all that dirt cleaned out, ever. No. I mean, it, it's it's a guilty pleasure to me, but I would sure like a third race. So I still have two, two non-dirt races at Bristol. So you're voting yes it was a good race on the Jeff Gluck poll? I'm voting yes, but if I could put an asterisk, I would, and I would beg for another race. So you're 50-50, or...? Well, I'm against the Easter race. I had family commitments I had to take care of. I, be honest, I watched the first half of the race this morning. Everyone went to bed. I watched the end of the, the last half, but the first half I had to videotape. The stands looked like... Um, I think Easter had an effect yeah, there. That's what I was about to say. Easter definitely affected the attendance because... Even during the worst years, right after the repave, when the high line was the only line that worked, and then they did the tire dragon or whatever they did, added the, the gum. The J1. And yeah, whatever. The compound. Then it was the bottom line was the only thing that worked. And then the last few years, we've gotten better as the track's worn in some. I mean, last year's road or asphalt race at Bristol was probably one of the best we've seen in years. And then you had the dirt race, which... I'm not a huge fan of it because I hate to lose a Bristol race, like we said earlier, but I don't know. I voted yes on the Jeff Gluck poll. As of right now, six hours into the of the voting, there's been 24,715 votes. There's 17 hours and 39 minutes left to make your vote. 60% say yes, it was a good race. 20, 40% say no. I wonder what race the 40% was actually watching. They don't like Kyle Busch. Well, I don't like Kyle Busch, but I, I want him there so I can not like him. You know? You got to have a heel. He's my heel. And I can't wait till Ty Gibbs gets to cup racing so he can be my new heel. 
I don't know that I'll ever. I don't know. Ty Gibbs. So let's talk about this. Ty Gibbs gets wrecked, gets out and wants to fight. Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe get into it yesterday, get out and shake hands smiling. But as we saw on the video, it looked like the crews were about to throw it down. Oh, the crew members are pissed. I mean, <laughs> I think Tyler Reddick's pissed too, but what what good is getting mad going to do Tyler Reddick? I mean, Briscoe drove that car in there, had it dang near slideways. Do you wrecked. have a problem with it? Yeah, I've got a big problem. I don't know I just, why. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I have a problem with it mainly because Reddick – I was. I just wanted to see him win. Like he's been a runner. He's up. gonna win this year. I guarantee. Yeah, he's finished second like three times this season already. I, he was one corner away. My issue with it, though, that's part of it. Obviously, is I was pulling for him. Now I'm a Briscoe. I like Briscoe just as much as like Reddick. But Briscoe got his win already. So I thought Reddick had it in the bank. But we watched that video just now. We watched the recap of the Bristol Dirt Race. And Briscoe goes into turn three, and he is wrecking mid-middle of turns three and four. He's already wrecked. There was no chance he was going to make it through that turn if he would have been by himself. If you hang it out like he hung it out, there was no way he was going to make it through turn four to win that race. He was wrecking, period. He hit Reddick with the rear end of his car because he was wrecking already. So, my thing is, if you're going to go into the corner wide open like that and wreck somebody, you need to win the race. Otherwise, it's just a butthead move. Well, I, I have problems with the way he did it. I don't have a problem with doing it. I think he could have been more in control, dived down just to that rear driver's side fender, and turn right. I would him out and win. I would have been better off with that. I would have been all right with him just straight up turning right, wrecking him, than going in there in second place and saying, well, I've got to try something, so let me just fling it in here and see what happens. That's like throwing a bunch of crap at the wall and hoping something sticks. I mean, it. I still think Tyler Reddick could have won after the spin out if his freaking spotter said, Go to the wall, go to the wall, block them, block them, block them. Go, go, go. You can still win. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been in that position if Briscoe wouldn't have just thrown it in there like some half-hearted, ball-headed move. Admit it. If he had won that way, this would have been one for the ages. Who would have won? Briscoe? Uh-huh. Not oh. Briscoe. Reddick? Tyler oh. Reddick. Yeah. That it would have been one for the ages, man. A spin out, block Bush, and win. I mean, we're talking like three feet is the difference between Bush and Tyler Reddick. And, but a good spotter. We shouldn't even be having this discussion. Bush shouldn't have even been in the picture. Can't pick anyone on door bumper clear. They would have said, go, go, go. Go up to the fence and block Bush. You got it. You got it. You got it. But no one said a freaking word. Oh, I mean, he would have caused a wreck. Heck yeah. And yeah. Bush would have pushed him across the line. Exactly. Well, I would have, that would have been cool. But... It would have won, it would have been the most epic race in the last decade if that would have happened. It would have definitely been one to talk to talk about for the ages. Well, let's ha- hope old Richard Childress 
Oh, I was expecting Grandpappy to jump down and go whoop somebody. He looked like he was about to kick some ass, but... He was taking his watch off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he did. He was sitting on that pit box, and I think he said some words that could not have been on television. That's what I mean. I've seen a lot of those guys just disappointed, heartbroken. I was disappointed and heartbroken for Reddick. I appreciate Chase coming up to him. I think... I did not like what happened on the track, but what happened off the track at the end of the race with Chase coming up to him, owning it like a man, I mean, there was no other way to own it. You know, he wrecked, period. He admitted it was his yeah. fault and, but and apologized. There's not any. There's not a person who watched that broadcast who didn't know it was his fault. No, there wasn't right. a person. But as, you know, that it should be a blueprint for Mr. Ty Gibbs in the future. I hope he was watching. I'm sure he was. But that goes to say, the respect. You know, this is the new era of racing. You know, we've seen it in the Truck Series. We've seen it in the Xfinity Series. And now you have all these young drivers moving up. It's this mentality of, oh, I can't finish second. I need to wreck it. So rather than having a good points day or having a good finish and calling second place a good finish... You have Briscoe throwing it in there, wide open, sideways, trying to cause a damn wreck. This is the new era of racing. And I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it's definitely more exciting and entertaining, but there's just no respect. These young kids, and I guess I sound don't like, you think I sound Briscoe, like Denny, Denny Hamlin or Kevin don't, Harvick don't over here. Denny Hamlin. <laughs> Don't you think, though, the respect was after the race when he went and apologized? He even said, I might get punched in the face as he was walking there. And yeah. I deserve it. He said that. Yeah, I mean, that. I guess that shows the level of respect. I guess you got a point. I, never, I didn't think of it that way. I, I guess, mean, he went the, without his helmet on, too. <laughs> I guess it makes me think of something Dell Jr. used to say a lot on um, the download back in the day when he first started, when he was still driving, when he's got, when they put their helmet on, they become a different person. So in that moment, you know, whatever, Bristol, 120, 130 miles an hour, whatever they're going in that corner lap, you know, they're running 15-second laps. You don't, you don't have a lot of time to think about respect or what's the long-term ramifications for my action, like as in... Am I going to get my butt whooped on pit road or not? You just do it. So, I guess I can't hate Briscoe. I don't hate Briscoe for any of it. I, I don't dislike Briscoe. I'm still a Briscoe fan. Uh, yeah, I, like I just it. wanted to see Reddick win. I mean, it was it was Mr. Reddick's turn to win. That's I think he could have won if he had a good spotter. And, you know, I don't know who his spotter is. Maybe his spotter's great. But somebody dropped the ball after that wreck. I tell you who was crying about it was Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. I mean, both of them went to Twitter. I mean, Denny Hamlin's biggest complaint was the scoring at the end of stage two when they were under a rain delay. Thank God they actually went back racing because I did not want the race to end on those kind of conditions either where nobody knew what the heck was going on. I mean, here's the thing. NASCAR lays out these rules for the scoring at the dirt track and it changes everything. I mean, qualifying, they ran heat races, and you got points for passing. That right there took qualifying out for me. 
You know, I'm supposed to sit here with a calculator. I'm not a mathematician. I sell heat and air equipment, for crying out loud. You can't expect me to sit there with a calculator and watch qualifying and add up the points. Like, just, if you finish first, you start first. If you finish last, you start last. I don't understand why NASCAR likes to change things up. Maybe they need to issue, like, a point-a-later, like we use a duck-a-later to figure out CFM. I think, they. well, maybe, I don't know, I no, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I mean, okay. it overcomplicates yeah. it. Yeah. Why are we Why are we adding any more crap to it? Just go out there and run, and let's make it easy. Then at the end of the stages, when the green white would fly, the state the field would freeze. So coming at the end of stage two, they take the green white checkered. A couple of guys, I don't know exactly how many, but a handful stay out thinking that's going to put them in the lead when the red when the red flag comes out for rain but because there's no caution laps and there's no pitting like competition pitting competitive pitting they all just come in and pit i think they should have counted the caution laps i really do you know i've said this since day one with this stage racing that caution laps shouldn't count in between stages the field should freeze, but last night is the reason why we can't do that. You know, what happens if you're racing the track, you're racing weather, you get lucky enough to finish stage two, which halfway or the end of stage two well, makes you it could a complete theoretically race. stayed out on the track under other track rules, been in first place. They call the race, but since you can't move ahead, you're number one but the loser. <laughs> you finish first but still lose? Uh-huh. Well, that suck. Did I blow your mind there? You're kind of dumbfounded. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I mean, I was already confused. <laughs> no. Like I said, thank God the race started back because if we would have stayed green, we would probably... This would be a bad show. I would be so damn confused it wouldn't be funny. Because, I mean, I, I knew once they explained the rules, it made sense. So that that's kind of where I'm going with this. I understood what was happening because they explained the rules. Although they did say if you didn't stay out, if you stayed out and didn't pit, you could gain position, but you can't gain position until the race goes back green. So I don't understand how that works either because they've got to line you up so are you technically you're starting front row first position but you're scored in 14th and then when the green flag drops it's like yahtzee and then all the dice roll out and you say okay now you're in first by the time you get to turn one i mean that's what i mean it's i was a little con i was not a little i was like what the <laughs> hell's going on obviously because we're still confused about it here mm -hmm. i mean we're, you have one rule contradicts another rule I mean, that's all it was. They had these rules made sense, and when they explained it on TV, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And then DW throws out, well, what about when you have, when you stay out, you don't go, you you get to gain positions? Like, oh crap, there's another rule. So then the two rules contradict themselves. Either way, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter because it all worked out. We went back racing, NASCAR, the vortex theory. 
DW in the booth, whatever you give the credit of the rain holding off to, it held off and it worked out. And we had an exciting race. And unfortunately, well, Al Bush won. Well, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick still cried. You think that's a sign that these two guys were about to retire? I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, Harvick. as much as we've ragged on Ty Gibbs, I want to see him in cup. I, he he has a talent that is amazing. His problem is his mouth and after the race and his temper. But the dude wins. I'm interested to see if he wins a cup. I know it's a whole new ball game because now you're you're at the best of the best. Yeah, but he's still in phenomenal equipment. He and, is. And he's going to get preferential treatment regardless of what Coach Gibbs says. Do you think Denny makes so much noise so you don't recognize the fact out of the old drivers, Bush, Truex, and Hamlin, Hamlin has zero champions and the other two have two each. Yeah, Hamlin's house is bigger. Is that like, you know, <laughs> penis comparison? I mean... My house is bigger. Wouldn't you rather have two championships, though? Oh, I think Denny has a very good resume. I don't think... Oh, I think he'll go to the Hall of Fame. But. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, at the end of the day, that's when you get to their age and their point in the to the point they're at in their careers where, you know, I think that's what the next big thing is for, at least for um, Bush and Truex are both guaranteed to go to the Hall of Fame. But Denny is too. He's a, he's a three-time Daytona 500 winner. Well, he's won tons of races, but here's the thing about Denny. He'd have a few championships. It's his fault. He crapped the bed. Yeah, what was it, 2020? Him and Harvick won the majority of the races for the whole season. I think there's multiple. And he could not close the deal. Yeah, I mean, and that's happened numerous times with Hamlin, so I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. Well, you and I could probably move in his house and he wouldn't know it. Yeah, exactly. Danica's living down in his basement somewhere. Calling IndyCar races. <laughs> Well, she's calling cup races, IndyCar races. I wonder if she calls IndyCar races Formula One races. Well, you know, I look at so many things on NASCAR. I, I get a feed from her without even subscribing to it. I, I saw that she had a swimsuit photo shoot and incredible pictures of her birthday party. Ah, interesting. I didn't click on them, but... It just, and, and she compared that to Indy racing, too? Yeah. This, this, the sand on this beach reminds me of the sand on the front straightaway of St. Pete. <laughs> this bikini reminds me... There was the a girl in turn four at St. Pete wearing this same bikini seven years ago, only at Indy. It reminds me of the wing on the Indy car. Dude, did you see, did you see Homeboy climb up into the flag stand? <laughs> yeah, the drunk dude. Drunk dude at Bristol under rain delay climbs up in the flag stand. I... Do you think that might have been the hillbilly that lived in the hall of the hotel room? Yeah, that could have been Daryl that was sitting in front of us in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been Daryl. That was somebody from the Left Turn Cult. If you don't listen to the Left Turn Cult, check them out on YouTube. It's a great show. But 
one of the guys from that's the one who posted it on Twitter, and I saw it and had to retweet it. And Brandon, that's his name, isn't it? I think it was Brandon. I'm not sure. But I, had to, I shared that with Jamie earlier yesterday during the race. I said, look, check this out. Typical yellow flag for Bristol. <laughs> Some drunk dude. What I want to know. Where was the guy that's supposed to be up there? Not just that. Where's security? This dude gets all the way up in the flag stand, has time to cheer, get the, get the crowd route up and everything. Like, I guarantee he's been arrested. There's no way he didn't get arrested. Right? Maybe he works for ICE and does security checks at airports. For the TSA? Yeah, because when I was there... Well, he did have his shirt and his shoes off, and it didn't look like he had a belt on, so yeah. Well, it might be. Maybe he just went through a security checkpoint. I mean, I was sitting there going through, and this guy said to another guy behind me, he handed a knife and said, around the metal detector, and said, hold on to this for me. <laughs> and I saw it, but it didn't bother me. I mean, the knife looked like it was a pocket knife. You know, not like there would be a big threat. So I didn't say anything. I like Crocodile Dundee. But then he goes to the metal detector and his buddy hands him his knife back. What the hell? That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> well, we were going through security in the TSA. Some chick walks through in her bikini top. Wow. In shorts. That's oh. it. First off, I'm not walking on that airport floor barefoot. That just, there's a lot of fungus growing on that. Yeah, a lot of it comes from those guys patting you down. Yeah, well, Corey LaJoy and Cody Ware, after multiple issues, both came back to finish on the lead lap. Cody Ware, let's talk about old Cody Ware. You know, that guy can wreck every race, but when he wants to, on purpose, wreck someone... He pisses his pants. What's going on there? He turned. He turned left, and I mean, he got into Elliot under caution. He definitely got into him, but he took two whacks at it and couldn't do it. Elliot talking to the crew under caution, not paying attention, has more talent than Cody Ware obviously has. Because Cody got into him, then went to hit him again and missed. And the whole time, look, I think I said this last night. Cody Ware getting mad at Chase Elliott for being a better driver and out-talenting him because that's what happened would be like me getting mad at Jimmy Page for being a better guitar player. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, but here's another thing I'm starting to worry about, and Chase Elliott is my favorite driver. If he doesn't win soon, dude, he races. For Rick Hendricks. How long is he going to last? Oh, he's a champion. Well, well, are they going to give him, does that buy him two years? Yeah, I mean. Of suck? Yeah, I'm sure Jimmy and Jeff and Dell had a two years worth of suck their whole career. I know Junior had two two years worth of suck, and then two he started three. unsucking, but. Well, once him and Latart got together, it was over. But, I mean, yeah, I. And then Jimmy had his dry spell there at the end of the year, and I, Jeff went through it too. And I, this is the problem. Chase Elliott was used to being the big dog, but I think everybody else has caught up. Well, now the rest of the team all has wins, and he has a goose egg. William Byron has two wins this season. Alex Bowman has one. Larson has one. Chase has zero. I think 
does that mean that William Byron or Alex Bowman or Kyle Larson are better than Chase Elliott? Not necessarily. I mean, really, if I were to rank them, I would say Larson one, Chase two. Is, it, is that because he has a championship? Because if you go by stats, Bowman, he's leading points still, isn't he? Bowman and Byron have won more races the last two seasons than Chase Elliott has, and Larson's definitely won number one at Hendrick Motorsports, still currently. Yet Chase is leading the points, but if you go based off of wins, Chase technically is the number four. But I still rank Chase number two at Hendricks, and I, that's because he's a cha- he's he has a championship and he's leading the points right now, and he's consistently up there. I mean, he's like Tyler Reddick. Eventually, he's going to get a win. I'm concerned about my favorite driver. I don't want in five years he'd be racing for Rick Ware Racing, just so he can stay in the game. Yeah, that ain't ever going to happen. I don't know. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about it. I think I'm a Chase Elliott fan. So I just think that he's just not there yet. You know, it's he's going to get one. He's right there at it every week. And it's there's so many drivers who are qualified to win each week. There's, there's a lot of talent on that track. Used to be there was five, six drivers who could win every week. And then we hit the early 2000s and – well, don't yeah. you think it got a little better? And now I think you got 20 drivers plus out there that could win. There's probably five I'm, or six that can't win. That's what I was going to say. Don't you think one through 20 is capable of winning any week with this new car? And those teams that just embrace the suck from about 25 back to 36, they suck no matter what. They're out there making laps. They were parking start or starting parks back in the day when you were allowed to do that. You really don't have the crappy drivers though. I mean, you got the Cody, the Cody Ware, Rick Ware racing cars every week, and that's really it. I mean, you got a like I said, there's probably seven or eight drivers who have no chance. I mean, you got Corey Joy, no chance of winning. Yeah, but he'll tell you that every week on his podcast that he has that's why crappy I, equipment. That's why I really don't listen like I used to. I just got tired of hearing him cry. Last week I decided to stop because, you know, even a broken clock's right twice a day. He could win. It's his attitude. Oh, that's a fact. I think he's got a bad attitude, and that's why his performance is. But then again, he's still not in good equipment. Yet... We come somewhere like Bristol Dirt, and you have Yaley in a Rick Ware car running in the top 15. You we got Cody at Ware. 12? No, Cody, J.J. Yaley finished 30th. He got caught up in somebody else's crap. Oh. He got caught. Wasn't he top when, 10 there for a little bit? Yeah, when uh, Austin Dillon's car stopped working. Oh, yeah. The pileup. That was the only, the only issue I have with Bristol on dirt at this point is we need to figure out a way to prevent that from happening. You had, you had Austin Dillon, What Denny could you Hamlin. do to stop dirt from getting in the throttle body? An air filter? I, yeah. Wouldn't you have to change those during the race, though? Yeah, because otherwise it's going to clog up. I don't really know what you can do. I'm could not we get, engineer. like, a, you know, a Merv 11? 
air conditioning filter and tape it up to the grill. UV light on it. Yeah. Kill the dirt as it passes <laughs> yeah. by. Just zap that stuff. I, I don't know. But you got the smartest guys in NASCAR working for these teams. One of them should be able to figure it out. Yeah, but are they going to get suspended or... Oh, yeah, tampering with equipment. Yeah, my pleated filter isn't pleated there, so let's suspend the crew chief for four weeks. And Here's another thing. Tire changer. I don't know if you noticed this, but Ricky Stenhouse, um, Brian Patty, his crew chief, was complaining during the first caution for mud on the grill. NASCAR threw a caution so all the teams could clean the mud off their grill. Brian Patty was mad because... They had this problem last year, therefore they came up with a way to fix it. So this year, I even looked, you could see their grill was like an inch off, out. That way when all the dirt built up on the front of it, it could still pull air in around the sides. So it wouldn't overheat their car. They came prepared for it. So Brian Patty's like, this ain't fair. We knew this was a problem. We fixed it. We created a solution. Every team had something. Some of them had a diaper on there. Others were using... Some slick Rain-X looking stuff. I mean, there was many different things going on to try to keep that mud off the grill, but Brian Patty was pissed. He's like, come on, man. I, I worked hard on this. Yeah, well, look what happened to Dylan, man. Yeah, I, I hated seeing it happen to Dylan. I hated seeing it. Ross Chastain <laughs> happened to him. Hamlin I could care less about. but That was just his dirty mouth clogging that up. You think? Yeah. Fox, the broadcast, they still suck. I like DW in the booth. Um, it's very nostalgic. Yeah. It made me realize that Mike Joy has been a broadcaster in some capacity since I started watching NASCAR. Mike Joy's great. A NASCAR without Mike Joy would feel very awkward to me. Like, the on-camera talent for Fox is great. Yeah. It's whoever's making those behind-the-scenes decisions. Of what camera to go to. Yeah, or, hey, let's not show the pack racing. We don't need to see passes. Well, the big news to come out is Dell Jr. is going to be in the Fox booth for Talladega. That just blew my mind, dude. Did you ever think we'd have a crossover of NBC crosses over to Fox? No, never thought it in the world. But you've heard... People on both sides say it would be nice. Oh, no doubt. I think it's awesome. I mean, Fox has to do something. I mean, they make fun of NASCAR fans for eight solid weeks. They give us crappy coverage. Then they throw DW in there during dirt, which, like I said, for me, it was like a nostalgic moment. I mean, I I truly enjoyed watching the broadcast. I, I even dealt with the commercials. None of it really bothered me yesterday because... DW is in the booth. I just, I enjoy DW, but like I said, that's childhood. I don't know if you did your statisticals today, but it seemed like there were more side-by-side ads than normal. There was, from what I could tell. So, you think Dell Jr. being in the booth is going to help ratings or hurt ratings? I think it'll help (laughs) ratings, especially since it's at Talladega. He owns Talladega. I mean, he kind of sells franchises to the existing drivers that allows them to win. Um, No, I think that's a great move. I do wish – I think the pit crew talent's really good. I think they ought to rotate 
Jamie Little in and Reagan Smith into the booth too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I really would like to. Jamie Little has done the ARCA series, ARCA Menard series race coverage in the booth. And I don't see why if we got two people in the booth, why one of them, that third member, can't be one of their – I mean, you got Jamie McMurray. Yeah, you got him, and he's usually at the studio. Reagan Smith. And then you got Jamie Little. Why not just rotate them in? You even got Michael Waltrip, who's kind of goofy. I don't think we need another goofy in the booth, but you got people. Use them. Well, we're going to Talladega. Are you ready to go to Talladega, Jamie? I'm ready to go to Talladega. I love Talladega. It's one of my favorite tracks. I think this is going to be one hell of a race. I had an apartment over in Anniston one time that was very, very close to Talladega. And it wasn't the nicest place at all but i would imagine these hotels that you're going to tell us not to stay in in talladega are going to be even nastier than that apartment i had Ooh, i'm telling you there was some nasty stuff there were some hotels that had like 2.0 ratings and i don't know about the education system in alabama they're last they're dead last and this is a fact the education. There was like no comments, just yeah. one star, two yeah. stars. I was like, holy crap, these people. It's the education. They are dead last in education. The only thing Alabama's number one in was opioid prescriptions. They were leading the charge there. But uh, education, they used to be number one in college football until my Georgia Bulldogs knocked them off. That's true. So now they're just last in education, and that's what they're known for. But go ahead. Tell us, where's the first hotel we should avoid? The Lincoln Inn, which... Not like the president. This is in Alabama. I, I'm a little shocked that someone called their inn the Lincoln Inn. What's the name of the county? Oh, is it? Well, maybe not the county. The city is Lincoln. So that's the racetrack's located right there at Lincoln. So, yeah. Wow. So it's probably named after that Lincoln that was in the Revolutionary War and not Abraham. Or Lincoln Logs. Oh, could be that, too. There's a lot of pine trees it's there. It's definitely not named after President Lincoln, though. Not in Alabama, because don't forget. Not in Lincoln. You still see a giant rebel flag at Talladega, even though NASCAR doesn't recognize it. You got three of them right there before you get to the track. Yeah, and I've seen <laughs> girls in bikinis with uh, rebel flag stars and bar bikinis. Whew, I've seen some things that didn't want to see at Talladega. Yeah, I still have some PTSD from the campground. <laughs> but anyway, this is Cordarius. Cordarius C. at the Lincoln Inn. He says, beware. Do not waste your money at this place. The front desk attendants are hateful and rude and can't speak English. No Wi-Fi or a key to your room. So if you go out and you have to get back to your room... You have to go to the front desk and ask them to open the door for you because they don't provide you keys. Rooms are very, very outdated like the early 1970s, not to mention the lack of cleanliness. The price is outrageous for the same amount, if not less, than you could stay across the street in a nicer modern hotel with better everything. Take my warning to stay away from this place. Do not waste your money anywhere but this place. What's he saying? Don't waste your money anywhere but here? Well, not, they, what he's saying is if you're going to waste your money, waste it here. What kind of hotel doesn't give you a hotel key? 
Well, maybe they only they only have one key. Go to the locksmith and get a bunch more. What? I'm gonna have to go find the Lincoln Inn. I want to do a drive by. You know, I, I think I think we can definitely. This is only a couple hour drive, so I'm I'm thinking we're gonna have a chance here soon to drive by some hotels and. Well, we've been asked by our employer to go over and recruit some people in Alabama. What it says, uh, he said, the front desk attendants are hateful, rude, and can't speak English. I lived in Alabama for, I don't know, five, six years. They speak English over there. As good as I do. I visited you over there. Yeah, I mean. I knew what they were saying. They have no Wi-Fi, which is a problem in Alabama. Well, I think when I asked for Wi-Fi... The concierge brought me a joint. <laughs> and I said, no, I can't do this. I get tested. Where were you? You weren't staying at the Lincoln Inn. No, it was at the Hilton, downtown Hilton in Birmingham. But I think there was some some kind of communication problems. When I ask for Wi-Fi, I get a joint. Well, they're 20, 30 years behind, so. And that's true. You know what? I mean... I still can't get over There's the fact. good people over there. I can't get over the fact that they only give you one key. And, well, they don't give you any key. No, you got to go ask them to let you into your room again. Here's the, here's the question. Can you get out once they lock you in? Well, this guy left, it looks like. I mean... Yeah, but did he have to call the front desk and say, Hey, can what you do let you me out? <laughs> what do you think goes on at the Lincoln Inn if they don't want you to come and go? Uh, Isn't that like the Hotel California song? Way before my time, my parents kind of saw it. But don't they say in the Hotel California, once you check in, you can never leave? Well, I mean, I've been I've been through Lincoln, Alabama, and yeah, if they drink the water, they're probably not ever going to leave. Do you think there's some chemical waste? That's in Anniston. That's right down the street from Lincoln. So the the biggest... The big town right before you get to the track is Aniston, and they have a chemical issue where there's chemicals in the water, and for years you couldn't drink it whatsoever. So, is that from a chemical plant or all the meth they make there? It was from a chemical plant. Now it's, <laughs> no, it's, now the, it's meth. the meth. <laughs> where are we going next? Budget Inn and Suites. We've reviewed this tr- chain in other cities, and it's, it's mm-hmm. never good. Budget. That's the key. Yep, budget. It's definitely a budget, but Tracy Campbell hyphen J. CJ. Yeah, Tracy CJ with a hyphen. She says the air conditioning doesn't work. Entire walkway, disgusting and dirty, pulls green. Scared to take shoes off in room. We slept on top of covers and then really didn't sleep due to the sagging mattress. While taking a shower, where water dribbled out of hot water, decided it wasn't going to work. The room smelled like ass. They should really change their name to the butt inn. Well, why wouldn't they change their name to the ass inn? They, I think if they change their name to the butt inn or the ass inn, they might have <laughs> no... Then they have hourly No rates. vacancy at night. They have hourly rates. Um, $25 an hour here at the ass end. Well, you know, I haven't been to Talladega. It is a giant pot of humanity at the race. (laughs) 
I've been to that race, sat in the paddock section, which is, you know, infield behind pit row where they give you everything. Food all day, beer all day. I've met multi-millionaires there. And then you met Tracy CJ. And I met, yeah, <laughs> Tracy CJ, who I don't think came out of her holla in northeast Alabama in the corn coal fields or her cornfield, except to come to a race twice a year. Well, like 400-pounder wearing a Rebel bikini. We know this. Tracy definitely has air conditioning at home because she complained that there's no air conditioning here. She also knows what ass smells like. And she knows the... When I first read this, I thought it said either walkway is disgusting. I'm like, which one? Well, there's two paths Both you can go by. And you in go the left long or run, right, it's nasty. And the there's pool. still time to change the road you're on. And was that was that pool green or was it jello? Well, or was she tripping out on her meth? Green pool, that's nasty. It sounds like something. That's You definitely don't want to get in a green swimming pool, people. No, I think your earwax will turn green. Where are you on next? We got Angela T. at the Royal Inn. And this lady... Oh, Angie. She wrote a dissertation. <laughs> yeah, I see I that. mean, holy crap. Seriously. So, so, she says, seriously, I was asked to get out of the pool because of no other reason than the color of my skin. Do you believe that in Alabama? No. I am so, so, so not the one to holler racial discrimination, but there was no other explanation for the owner's hateful words and demands. My best friend and I on Saturday rented a room. We proceeded to head to the pool. It was so hot. We swam and relaxed with no problem for about 45 minutes. The wife, who seemed nice enough, was there with her young preteen daughter. Who is this wife just coming out of nowhere? Anyway, <laughs> the owner was not there yet. Is, is this pertain to the wife and daughter? The owner's wife and daughter? I'm assuming. My son, who is 17 and getting ready to head to the University of West Alabama to play football for them, came by. And I had to pay $10 for him to visit me. What? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. What kind of place is this? He never got in the pool, nor did he have any intentions of getting in the pool. The wife asked me how many people were with me. I answered three. I told her I paid her daughter the $10 fee. I never questioned the fee. My son soon left after about an hour visiting, and my best friend and I got back into the pool. Two couples came down. We were all in the pool, not really interacting with one another, but with who we came with. So no problem with distancing, no loud music, no horsing around. We all are just relaxing when all of a sudden, the very young daughter comes straight to me and tells me, not ask me, to get out of the pool. I was shocked and said, excuse me? She says it again. You need to get out of the pool. Uh, I guess her, the daughter couldn't speak well. You need to get out pool. <laughs> With her hand on her hip and very shaky as if she's being trained to be stern. I, I sure did say to her again, why? 
Well, here comes her dad, the owner. He demands me to get out of the pool. Mind you, there are five people, including myself, in the pool, yet I'm the one who apparently is the problem. I'm devastated at this point and ask the owner again, why must I get out? And why are you just telling me to get out with four others in the pool? They are now just looking confused at this point as well. It's very uncomfortable now too. My best friend who is Caucasian insists that I just let it go and that he has no reason and let's not let him ruin our Saturday. I still want to know though, he just babbles about others wanting to swim. I say again, but why just me? Who am I bothering? Finally, I said to him, Sir, I know this isn't about race. The look on his face said it all, and I got out. Needless to say, everyone left the pool. The wife even locked me out of my room when I got out of the pool and refused to let me in. She zapped our key. <laughs> it was horrific all the way into checkout time when the wife calls an hour prior to checkout, then beats on the door 15 minutes later. We just left. It was a sad situation. I was humiliated, hurt, confused, and yes, angry. Also, just because I can, I will tell y'all that in our room, the smoke detector was covered with plastic. I have the video of, of it, and I took the video way before the racial discrimination came into play. Just saying, this division amongst us is so sad. It is only getting worse. The man is foreign and darker than me. <laughs> and the fact that he treated me the way he did, being so nasty and rude and ignorant. The list goes on. Please, for those who took the time to read this, take heed to this review because he will continue to rain hate as long as we let him. Thank you. Wow. And then she has an update. Okay, I'm reading other reviews to see if anyone else, including the owner, had anything to say about my treatment here. And I run across one that says similar, similarly that they were told to get out after an hour. Well, that should be definitely be the first thing you tell your very hot customers and put signs up because you had every other sign out. I don't get it. Hmm. So if you're in the pool longer than an hour, do you make the water go bad? It. Well, it are they trying to prevent her from, shri sh you know, shriveling up? Maybe they don't want her to get Shouldn't you be able on. to shrivel on your own? On I your mean, own time? You decide? So she said he's Middle Eastern or... Foreign he, and he, darker than her, and she's hot because look what she says. You should definitely be the first thing you tell your very hot customers. Well, she's she's sounds, very attractive, she in sounds, my opinion. She sounds cute. I know. Idiots. But, yeah. What an idiot. That guy who owns that place, he, he earns the LB What an Idiot Award of the Year. Total Larry Bomb. So where are we going next? Oh, let's see. We got just a couple more. These guys weren't as long-winded as Mary B. or whatever her name was. <laughs> I already forgot her name. Red Carpet in in Oxford. Have you been to Oxford, Brad? Oxford is the town that's in the middle of Aniston, basically. You that's don't. You can't really tell her. Weird. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Aniston X and the Oxford X are like half a mile apart. So if you miss the Aniston and get off at the Oxford, you're in Oxford. 
But it just <laughs> seems like it's the same town. It's like a two-mile town for both of them combined in one. That is really... It's Alabama. Weird. Yeah. Well, you know. So we're about this red carpet in. Well, God is great. God is good for Fiod <laughs> wrote this review. Who's Fiod? <laughs> is this some weird cult? We just celebrated Easter yesterday and the Resurrection Sunday and Fiod was nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> I think it's a cult. One of those really weird Christian religions that mix occultism and bizarre run through the woods naked with your machine gun for God kind of stuff. But anyway, (laughs) God is great. God is good for Fiat. Gave it a one out of five. Of course, we only read one out of five. But if you like the police banging the door to your room 15 minutes before checkout time, then this is the best place for you to stay. Oh, heck yeah. That's what I'm all <laughs> that's what I When I look for a room, that's what I'm thinking. When are the cops going to show up? Wow. If they're not coming, I'm not saying. A person or party is a deep sleeper. <laughs> Were they doing some weird fiat stuff? It's the math. Yeah. 45 minutes before checkout time, the management rudely started forcing us out. After being made to leave with a guest still snoozing, (laughs) management was completely unaccommodating to even maybe offering a late checkout, which would have been a simple simple considering the hotel was at about 10% capacity. There were three cars in the parking lot, total all night M. Nightem? No wonder. Instead of working with the customer, they called the police and they were fully involved before checkout time. So if your idea of a wake-up call is the police beating down the door, then this is the place for you. We will be suing. Well, you should. <laughs> Did they leave their friend? He says after... He, they must have left them sleeping in the room. <laughs> after we were made to leave with one of our guests still sleeping. Now here's my guess. So if I'm the friend, I'm the one who's pissed. God is great. God is good for food. He shouldn't be pissed. Is it, it foodie? It's F-I-O-D. Fiod? Or is it Fod? I don't know. I'm going to have to Google. That's got to be one of those weird, weird fringe Christian. Because they say God. Well, of course, we don't know what God this is. You could have other gods, yeah. couldn't you? I, I mean, Allah's a God if you're a Muslim. Fiod. Or Buddha if you're a Buddhist. Yeah, maybe Fiod's their God. Maybe. Maybe that's why I was sleeping. I think this was Monday after the race. He had too much to drink. He's passed out. I still don't see why the cops have to be called if you got 45 minutes left before checkout. Maybe one was on Central Time, one was on Eastern Time. Maybe he thought he had 45 minutes left. But my iPhone updates when I go across a time zone. Well, I mean, even then, if he, he might not have had an iPhone, if he would have went across the time zone, he would have been a tower, He would have had an hour and forty-five minutes left. That's true. And so then, maybe he came from Colorado, drove all the way down. Maybe he was Canadian <laughs> that, and came it. from New Brunswick, where they have that other hour past New York. <laughs> he was a Canadian NASCAR fan. That explains it all. And his wife. Who is God is great, God is good for Fiod. <laughs> Instead of wearing a rebel bikini and 400 pounds, was 600 pounds and wore a Canadian maple leaf flag bikini. Ew. I know. 
All right, let's go to the Motel 6 in Aniston. That is one of my favorite brands. Isn't that where they leave the light on for you? No, not the Motel 6. Or is that Super 8? That's the 8. Motel 6 has a guy out front with a flashlight shining it at the sign. Because they don't don't have light bulbs? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's his cell phone. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is... (laughs) I read this before. The whole family like, gets COVID. This sounds like all because the, of their mattress this, <laughs> or something weird. All the Motel Sixes sound alike. <laughs> they do. At least they're consistently crappy from state well, to state. This confirms the chemical waste and everything in Alabama you were just telling us about. Um, Brittany Mathis. She wrote, "They didn't clean the room at all before we came. There was what appeared to be vomit on the walls." paraphernalia under the comforter, brown stuff all over the tables, walls, and light switches, human hair on the towels and sheets, mold on the mattress, and our door was broken and wouldn't shut all the way. We woke up super sick. We thought it was allergies. Really? After all that shit on the wall and thought it was allergies? (laughs) We developed a fever, and now a couple days later, had to go get COVID tests. Don't stay here. They care nothing of sanitation. The four-year-old that lives with us is also sick now. Way. <laughs> I don't know what that means. They just put way in a period after they put a period after sick now. Way. But even if you read it without the period, it says, The four-year-old that lives with us is also sick now. Way a lot, Motel 6. I think it was supposed to say thanks a lot, Motel 6. Instead, they put way a lot. Way. Way, dude. Whoa. Way. Maybe the brown stuff was heroin and not poop. Oh, there was paraphernalia. So, the crack pipe was left under the mattress or under the comforter. And the brown stuff was all over the tables, walls, and light switches. See, that sounds like poop to me. I don't know. (laughs) That sounds like you had a you had an accident. <laughs> you went to the wrong Mexican <laughs> restaurant, dude. And yeah, they served you, had, you yesterday. You salad. had a lot of accidents. Yeah, like you just couldn't make it. <laughs> human hair on the towels and sheets, mold on the mattress. I didn't know human hair, mold, and feces on the wall caused COVID. We learn something new every day. Well, you know, maybe we should forward this review to Dr. Fauci. From the CDC, yeah. Yeah, he can send down a lab. Yeah. He can swipe the brown stuff because apparently they don't clean. It's probably still there. If they've just given us a room number. And maybe they can find Brittany on Google. She probably has a Gmail account. What paraphernalia do you think they left under the comforter? I mean, water bomb? Pipe? Crack pipe? Heroin needles? Wrapping paper? Rolling paper. Something. I mean, you a just... bag of oregano that they thought was weed. I mean, they didn't even complain. Oh, well, she does say it appeared to be vomit on the walls. So is that the brand? But so it could have been heroin because I mean, nothing heroin make people throw up. I mean, according to the movies I see. Yeah. I mean, that's how um jimmy hendrix died yeah i read that nikki six book i mean he threw up a lot in there yeah and uh what's his face there's probably stuff all over his walls what's that dude from the doors he died in his vomit we're going to talladega and now you know where not to stay 
What do we got to look forward to? Tell us a little bit of history on Dega here, Jamie. You know, I looked this up at, while I was driving. And no, I don't have a Tesla. It doesn't drive itself. But there was a Talladega Air Force base. Actually, it was Army Air Corps base during World War II. So that's what originally was there at the race course. And now I'm going to go with what I wrote. Talladega, Alabama emerged as the top choice among several possible sites in the southeast, with the main criteria for selection being the availability of land, access to an interstate system, and population base of at least 20 million people within 300 miles. And that's that's exactly the right place, I think. No doubt. Aniston insurance executive Bill Ward, a race car driver and fan himself, helped NASCAR and International Speedway Corporation founder, William H.G. Bill France, find the land in Alabama following a casual conversation with France and Daytona in the mid-1960s. Ward found what he thought was the perfect site in North Talladega County, near an airport that the U.S. government had sold to the city of Talladega after World War II. He set up a meeting with then-Talladega Mayor James Hardwick and other city officials in a restaurant in Aniston in 1966. France got the group to consider the idea of putting a major track on the site. After a trip to the Firecracker 400 in Daytona to observe firsthand the potential economic impact, the group was sold. Several obstacles had to be overcome, including financing. With France as the guiding force, however, Construction began on the 2,000-acre site on May 23, 1968, with the first race being the Bama 400 Grand Touring Race on Saturday, September 13, 1969. Ken Rush drove his Camaro to Victory Lane in that event. The next day, Richard Brickhouse won the first Grand National, now the NASCAR Cup Series race, the Talladega 500, now the t- traditional fall race, edging Jim Vandiver and Ramos Stout. Now, another background is I believe this was the race Richard Childress got to race in because all the cup racers were afraid to drive it. Isn't this track built on an old Indian burial ground? Yeah. So the spirits, that's why we keep having the big one every year? No, I think that's just from stupid people. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Just dumb people making stupid moves, pushing the guy in front of them, or the guy in front of them dropping the brakes. But anyway. The Alabama Hammer. The Alabama Gang. It's also where the helicopter blew up. Yeah, that's where Davy died at. Or yep. wrecked at. Talladega is a fun track. Uh, my my most memorable memory from Talladega was me, my dad, and my son. It was my son's first ever Cup Series race. He'd been to a few Saturday Xfinity races, but this was going to be his first big Sunday race. And it was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s final win at Talladega. So it was three generations. Me, my dad, and my son got to watch Dale Jr. get his last Talladega victory. And that's a memory that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's a nice parallel. Third generation Earnhardt. 
winning a race, and you had three generations at the race. Exactly. That's why we're all diehard Earnhardt fans. Senior is number three. It's all about numbers with NASCAR. All right, speaking of numbers. Do you know, like our name, Race Car Backwards? Yeah. If you take a three. It's an E. <laughs> back it up, flip it over, marry them, you have an eight. Or you can take a three. You marry four threes, you got two eights. Or an 88. Yes. Well, you can't spell. I forgot where I was going with this. You can't spell Earnhardt without turning the three around to make it an E. That's true. And you wouldn't have a three without an Earnhardt. Well, you'd have a three, but it wouldn't be what it is today. But you wouldn't use your three fingers like you do now. Like when I see three fingers. I think of Dell. Uh-huh. Doing it for Dell. That's right. Raise hell, praise Dell. Speaking of numbers, I got my statisticals. So the last <laughs> ten. Put those statisticals away. <laughs> the last ten Talladega races, this is stats only from the last ten races. So, you got Ryan Blaney has two wins. Brad Keselowski has two wins. Bubba, Joey, Denny, and Chase all have one win. You got Blaney has three top tens. Keselowski has four top tens. Bubba, one top ten. Joey, five. Denny, six. And Chase, four top tens. I also looked at Daytona, where they finished at at Daytona this year. Blaney finishes fourth at Daytona. Brad Keselowski, ninth. Bubba Wallace, 2nd. Joey Logano, 21st. Denny Hamlin, 37th. And Chase Elliott finished 10th at Daytona. So, saying all that gets me to my picks for Dega. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and for my dark horse, I'm going to go with Bubba and Austin Dillon. Really? <laughs> I don't know that the Chevys are a good choice. I mean, really, you should just pick all Fords because they're going to work together the best. But Well, that's, what, are you pissing on my choices? Well, who you got? I'm going with William Byron. He's going to get three wins. Before when, Chase gets one? Yep. Even though Chase is my favorite driver, I'm going with William. Now I'm going with... Tyler Reddick. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I agree. My dark horse, I'm going to throw Blaney in there for my first dark horse. And this is going to blow your mind. Stenhouse for my second dark horse. How you figure? He going to run around in the back all day and... Everybody else wreck and he'll finish. Yeah, he'll just kind of. He's got. He has to. Re- he's drop like, it down to second gear. Ricky slowly go. He's no different than Cody Ware. He's required to wreck every race. It's in their contract. I'm telling you. He's got the Kroger car though. Your point? No, there's no point. He's got the Kroger car. I mean, Cody Ware's got a an Allegra sponsorship or something for allergies or diabetes on his car, so. Well, you know, and I've got a friend. He told me he heard this. I don't know how this this guy's an idiot anyway. But it's a NASCAR rumor. He said that Kroger is going to leave Stenhouse 
and go to Joe Gibbs Racing. To sponsor who? Kyle Busch. He said he heard that. I don't know where he heard it. He could have heard it, you know. At the racetrack? Golf carts at church picking up guests. I mean, that's where he told me about it. Could have heard it in the stands at the racetrack. Yeah, he could have. That don't mean it's true. No. It's on a podcast now, so it has to be true. If you hear it on our show, people, it's fact now. Yeah. He might not have been fact before this show. He's one of our ten listeners. We said it, so you can take it to the bank. Whether it's right or wrong. He could just be making crap up for me to repeat on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, and if that's the case, we'll let you know who he is, people. And if you got anything to make up that you want us to put on the podcast, let us know. <laughs> we'll, we'll add your crap to our show. I will give everyone a hint out there of his last name. McCall! <laughs> oh, did I say it? So that's a shout-out for you, McCall. Shout-out, brother. Thanks for listening. I've repeated your lie. Right, we just appreciate you listening. Even, <laughs> yeah. if you, even if you tell Jamie lies, that's okay. <laughs> At least it's not me. Well, guys, we appreciate everything. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're at Car Backwards on Twitter. Rate us on Spotify. Follow us there as well. Subscribe on our Apple Podcast. Leave a review. And check out our website. It's racecarbackwards.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Y'all have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Race Car Spelled Backwards.